This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Okay, um, so this week the topic is, uh, should we teach our children Christmas? And uh, Christmas is celebrated by probably about a third of the population of the world, uh, which is uh, slightly more than 2 billion people. Um, that far outweighs the celebration of any other holiday or anything else by anything that goes on in the world. And, um, you know, it's, in the United States, it's really marked by a lot of things that people really gravitate to. You know, first of all, first one of the first things you're going to notice is that you're going to see all the decorations coming up. And it may take place slightly before Thanksgiving, maybe it's a little bit slight after Thanksgiving, decorations are going up, all types of advertising for uh, Christmas gifts, and then you have the Christmas music. It's going to be played on radios. If you go into the mall, you hear the music being piped through the air, and then you have the fragrance of Christmas, you know, the smell of uh, pine trees and the smell of cinnamon and uh, apples and nutmeg and all those things in the air, and um, and then just that special way that people are interacting with one another, you know, uh, greeting each other, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all that. So we're talking about children here. You know, uh, the children, you know, if if you were a child and you celebrated Christmas, you can remember that special sense that you had that something really, really significant was going to happen, and and you were just exceptionally excited about it, you know, getting up on Christmas morning and opening up your gifts. So, you know, there are a lot of people that don't want to deprive their children of that. They want to make certain that their children are able to enjoy that. And that's that's the topic that we have today. And joining me here in the virtual living room to discuss that topic, we have first off our brother Kabar. Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Good to be with you this Sunday afternoon. And as always, all praises to the Heavenly Father and the Son, Christ. Okay, and second, we have our brother Abaja. Hey, shalom to everyone. Shalom to the brothers in the chat room. It's good to be here and give all praises to the Heavenly Father and His Son, Christ, so that we may get the understanding of the Scriptures and receive salvation. And we also have our brother Yohanathan. Yes, give it all. Uh, praise to the Heavenly Father and His Son, Christ, and sits from the right of the throne of the everlasting Father. Um, welcome to all, and good afternoon to all. All right, brothers. Well, you know, this whole thing about Christmas and, and children, you know, is really perplexing for a lot of people because, you know, there may be may even be some people that um, don't believe in Christmas per se, that it's Christ's birthday. They say, I know it's not Christ's birthday, you know, but 
I'm going to celebrate this because of my children. You know, I don't want them to feel ostracized. I don't want them to feel like um, they're sticking out like a sore thumb to be left out of the festivities and the parties and all that. I don't want them to be left out. So, brothers, you know, what's your take on this? Uh, you know, Kabar, you've never celebrated Christmas, uh, is my understanding. So what's, what's your take on this? Um, yeah. You know, I, that's that's probably um, you know some of the differences about this body that that the heavenly Father and Christ is bringing together, and that you know we come from many different backgrounds and upbringings, but we have the unity and the oneness of Christ and the way He set things up. Some of the differences, you know, between me and my brothers. And in the body of Christ is that, you know, uh, I grew up, I guess, uh, the easiest way to explain it to the, to the, uh, the listeners is, um, you know, the way you would read in, uh, in, a, in the scriptures and, you know, the gospels about the uh, circumcision. Um, you know, I was born with the understanding that I was an Israelite and I always kept the Sabbath days and the holy days since I was born. And, I you know, I never... Uh, celebrated any of the ho- the holidays, and I, you know, raised with the understanding that, you know, it was against the it was against the scriptures, it was idolatry, so on and so forth. So, um, I, I don't have the connection to uh, a lot of the um, like you mentioned, the, the pageantry, the uh, the smells, the sights. There's nothing in me that sparks a, a, a memory. Or, or an occasion uh, that, of course, you know, things that I would have to put away had I celebrated those things. Of course, I have other things that I have to uh, overcome, in, you know, in this walk in Christ. You know, but that's not one of them. So I realize, you know, there are brothers and sisters who have that connection and have those memories. Um, but, you Did know, you it, feel it, left out? Did you feel left out as a child, though? Not at all. Not at all. See, the thing is that, like the script, when you do what the scripture says, when you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they old, they will not depart from it. That we read in Psalms. The, all, all the child knows is this is wrong, and everybody else is crazy. That's it. It's not. So it, it's only when they begin to socially interact. You know, when you're talking about junior high school and high school, that they have to begin. You know, to. Um, uh, now, you know, make the differences and deal with people on a social level where the pressure really comes in at. And I had another, you know, I guess insulation against that because I grew up in a in a very large family. You know, I have 12 brothers and sisters. So, you know, it, it, throughout, you know, junior high school, high school, private school, I had, you know, my brothers and sisters as basically peers in the same school, in the same grade pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to deal with, you know, with a whole bunch of people thought. You know what I mean? If me and my brothers and sisters got together, you know, we was a crew. And, you know, everybody <laughs> else was, was influencing everybody else. It was, so peer pressure is like, who, what is peer pressure? You know, we we basically pressured everybody else. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, there were instances uh, that you did feel the difference, you know, if you – interacted with females and you know you did have friends outside of your brothers and sisters you would you would uh, uh that's when you would notice the difference but it's it, you know the way i understood it growing up was 
it's idolatry. You know, the scripture tells us in Exodus the twentieth chapter, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." It just I knew I was Israelite. I have friends that didn't knew, didn't know they were Israelites, even though I knew they were. And it's just a matter of they don't understand this right now, you know. And I was basically it, but I understood it as idolatry growing up ever since. Okay, now about you, your your experience growing up was was different, right? Uh, you you actually experienced from the time that you were a young child, you actually experienced um, celebrating Christmas. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Because um, it was funny because like in my household, you know, my 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 father he was pretty much like, okay, whatever, you know, it's just to him it was just another day. <laughs> so he didn't really get caught up into singing all of the Christmas carols and, you know, running behind the, you know, the, the stores and getting gifts for all these people and stuff. He wasn't really into all of that. So it, it really didn't matter to him one way or another. Um, you know, but my mother, you know, she was basically the whole the person that was more or less keeping the house together, quote unquote, as far as you know, making sure that we observe these days and things of that nature. So my father just basically went along with the with the whole thing. But uh, the interesting thing about it is, even at a very young age, as far as some of the mythologies and the traditions that go with Christmas, um, I mean, I can remember being like in the first grade, and even no, it was actually kindergarten. Now that I think about it, um, well, basically, my mother broke down. She was like, "Listen, ain't no Santa Claus," <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty wow. much paraphrasing what she was saying. There ain't no Santa Claus. I'm your Christmas. Your, your, your <laughs> mom and daddy's one that's going out buying all this stuff and doing all of this. You know, so the the, mystif- the mystifying aspect of a red man in a jumpsuit and all that other stuff coming down the chimney and stuff like that, you know, that that, that never really took root, you know, with us when we were growing up. But knowing what I know now about the scriptures, <clears throat> you know, it's funny is that my parents went, you know, one step towards dispelling the whole myth of Christmas, but they didn't actually go into the scriptures and you know, basically teach us what was what was supposed to be taught, because you know the, the one of the main primary arguments concerning the children when it comes to holidays is, oh well, you know they're going to be missing out and they're going to feel left out, and this is for the children. I want to read a scripture in Jeremiah, okay, and this is the prophet Jeremiah when he was rebuking, basically correcting and addressing some of the wickedness that Israel was doing and going back into the land of Egypt and following those customs. I'm gonna start at 44 and 16. It says, as for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth, to burn incense unto the queen of heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto her, as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings, and our princes, in the cities of Judah, and in the streets of Jerusalem, for then we had plenty of victuals, and were well, and saw no evil. So that same mindset is what comes out today when you try to deal with your family members concerning Christmas according to the scriptures. It says, you tell them according to the scriptures that, listen, these things are rooted in idolatry. This has nothing to do with the birth of Christ. And to say that it's all about, you know, dealing with the family and a time for us to gather together, the Lord gave us the the times when we were supposed to gather together to honor him if they wanted to take it in that direction. As far as the giving of gifts, on every high holy day, we gave gifts, such as the Feast of Dedication, which just recently passed. Passover, all of those things that you read about the high holy days that the Lord told us to observe to honor him, we normally gave gifts. So that's that's dead in the water. But the point is, it says, I want to read that, that last part of the 17th verse. 
It says, for then we had plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. So our people are blinded into thinking that celebrating these holidays is a good thing. And by not celebrating these holidays, oh, well, that's a bad thing. That's evil. And things won't be well with us because everybody else is doing it. So, I mean, it's, it's basically, it goes back to when we repent through Christ, we have to unlearn those things that we learned in the world and learn them according to the scriptures through his understanding and his example. Okay. And you want to then, um, what was your experience? That, were you one of those children that when you were five, six years old, <clears throat> you um, couldn't sleep at night because you were anticipating all the gifts and everything that you are going to receive on Christmas? Well, I would say honestly, um, about, uh, yeah, I, I guess I would be up to the age about nine or ten, maybe eleven. Up to then, I started, um, the Lord gave me a little understanding, uh, started to figure, hold up, there ain't no fat dude. I don't have a chimney to see. <laughs> I never seen deers fly, um, that type of stuff. And then right. that, that all feel-good stuff, you know, after the years, you, you start to see, okay, only this time of year you treat somebody halfway decent, and then the times they would get together, by the time everyone got together, half the people were arguing. So it, it, it never was um, that that feeling because, I mean, you know, you had the gifts, you had the trees, you had everybody giving things and stuff, but it just wasn't, it wasn't adding up. And I, and I saw right. it at that. And by the time I was in my teens, I was like, this, this is just another day. Don't even give me a gift, honestly. And then when I finally saw it in the scriptures and everything, I was like, there it is. This is the Lord said it, so giving out praise to the heavenly father. And okay. you know what, Josiah? Because uh, uh-huh. I actually forgot to bring out a couple of points on, on that uh, on that verse, too, being, uh, just going off of what uh, the brother John had brought out. Because the people also said in verse 17, it says, as we have done, we and our fathers. So it's going mm-hmm. to show you when you basically start learning about repentance through Christ and what it truly means according to as it is written, and you try to bring this to your family members, they're like, well, listen, this was good enough for your granddaddy. It's good enough for your uncles. And what you doing bringing this new doctrine? We ain't going to do that. We're going to do what we've been doing. That, that, yeah. that, those yeah. are some of the things that you will be that you know, that you, that we are presented with when we try to bring the understanding of the scriptures concerning anything, you know, that we've been accustomed to doing or how we grew up. Yeah, that's, that's a good point to bring out. But, <clears throat> you know, what do you brothers say? You got a little difference here. Here you have Kabar, who never, while he was growing up, observed Christmas in any form or fashion. And Abaji, you're kind of in the middle because your dad's not really into it, but your mother's into it. And you want to apparently both your parents were into it. So now you have situations now. But people are like, well, I, I pretty much recognize that December 25th is not Christ's birthday, you know, but that's when people choose to celebrate it. And it's just a nice festive season. It's just really enjoyable. And I remember when I was a kid and how I felt, and I don't want to deprive my children of that. So what do you brothers think about those type statements, you know, depriving your children of th- that enjoyment? Well, if I could answer it. Um when you said depriving, you got to watch what you mean. You're depriving them of what the Lord says for us not to do and you feel guilty. If that's the case, um, Christ commanded us this in Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 8 and verse 9. 
He says, Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. So the Heavenly Father Christ is going to deny us before the Father and the angels if we deny him here um, against our fellow mankind. I mean, the thing is, that we should be lights and examples, and who cares of, 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 of sitting in and denying because you're not denying them anything. You, you're denying them wickedness, and you're giving them righteousness by not following that and explaining to them why they're not keeping it. And then also, once you get the knowledge and understanding of the Christ, the Bible, and Heavenly Father, you find out there's many high holy days besides New Year's and Christmas and Thanksgiving. I know we're speaking on this Christmas thing, but where the Heavenly Father gave us days to rejoice and give gifts and all those things. So, I mean, the thing is, you're not denying them anything. You're giving them more. You're giving them more righteousness in, in, in um, Christ, the true Christ. Okay, now, but you're speaking in terms of denying Christ, and I think that most people that you would talk to that um, would want to be involved in Christmas for the children's sake especially, that they would tell you that they're not denying Christ. By doing that, they they still support Christ, and they will tell you they're Christians and they believe in Christ, and that Christ died for their sins, and so on and so forth. So when you say denying Christ, what do you mean by that? Well, one more scripture, John, um, chapter fourteen and fifteen, if I can get there. Um, yeah, Saint John, chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. You saying um, um, we we doing what Christ says? Um, and in St. John fourteen fifteen, it says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." And there's another verse that Christ says, "If you love me, you you keep the things that I say." Well, when it comes to the subject of Christmas, where is it where Jesus Christ said, "Follow this day, do these customs, do this in honor of me"? You will never find that in the scripture. You never see what he said. Okay, John, Peter. And, and um, John, Peter, John, and James, go cut a tree down, get some lights, go get some um, presents, let, let's do this. You never read in the Gospels where he done that or he told his um, disciples, apostles to do it. So now how are you even thinking you um, reverencing Christ when you're setting up principles with Christ never even set for us to follow? Well, uh, to respond to that, let me read you um, uh, a, a brief uh, excerpt from... Uh, something that was written on soon.org, that's S-O-O-N.org, in the U.K. concerning Christmas. And this section of it is, is uh, how did Christmas start. And it reads, uh, since about 400 A.D., Christians have celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ, means Messiah or anointed one, the title given to Jesus, and Mass was a religious, religious festival. In the West today, the real meaning of Christmas is often forgotten. It has become a non-religious holiday. More children believe in Father Christmas than in Jesus. Christmas Day is the time for eating and drinking too much and watching television. But the real Christmas story is found in the Christian Bible. It is told in two different books, Matthew and Luke, chapters 1 and 2. If you have no Bible, you can read these chapters online. You may think that the story of the birth of Jesus and the way that the West celebrates Christmas Day do not seem to have many connections. So how do you respond to that? Well, you, you go into 
when you go into the Bible and you read those, uh, well, he just gave uh, the books of Matthew and, and and Luke. Where where at? We don't even know. As far as the birth of Jesus Christ, there is no date given in the entire Bible of December 21st or any date as far as when Jesus Christ was born. Uh, from the setting of when he's born, people can make approximations, but you cannot base anything on that. So that's number one. There's entirely no date given, December 21st or otherwise. The second part is, Nowhere in the Bible does Christ command us to celebrate his birth or anything like that. Okay? What Christ taught, you go into Matthew chapter uh, 17. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. And let's see what Christ told us to do. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 17. Was that 7 or 17? I'm looking for Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. This is what Christ said to do. He said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. When he says he didn't come to destroy, he means the law. And when he says but to fulfill, he means the prophecies prophesied about him and what he would do in his first coming and also his second coming, which you can identify and clear up as far as what he came to fulfill in Luke chapter 24 and verse 44, meaning the things written of him as far as his ministry when he first came and also what he would do in the second coming, not that the laws are done away with. Verse 18 says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot, or when tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now here's the point. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, meaning the commandments that God wrote in the Bible for us to obey, like Christ obeyed. It says, and shall teach men so, meaning through your actions or words, words or deeds, you teach men to do what? Break the commandments. All right? So whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And we know no sinner will enter into the kingdom of heaven. No person, no unrepentant person who did not repent in Christ and keep God's commandments will enter into the kingdom. They won't be there. It says, but whosoever shall do and teach them, do and teach what? The commandments of God, like Christ did and taught the commandments of God. What's going to be, what's going to happen to this person? It says, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, that's what Christ told us to do and observe. Another point that you can look at is in Matthew chapter 23. If you want to go to the books of Matthews and look, this is Matthews and Luke. This is where you should go to get the understanding. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through one through 4 says, that then, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to the disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. What does he mean? The teachers of the law. Verse 3, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. When he says observe and do, he means whatever they teach you out of the law, what is written, he said observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not, meaning they're hypocrites. So don't follow examples. Do what is taught out of the scriptures. Verse 4, 
For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not moving with one of their fingers. So we're just showing how they were hypocrites. So Christ told us to what? Observe and do the law. Keep the commandments. And those are the ones that are going to be called great in the kingdom. But those who broke them through word or deed and taught men to do that through word or deed is going to be what? Called least in the kingdom, meaning they're going to receive destruction and damnation. So that's what we're supposed to be following. Christ never said, find out when I was born, and he never gave the date when he was born. It wasn't a focus that we're supposed to be even paying attention to. We're supposed to be paying attention to the message that he left. That message was repentance. And in order to do that, you have to abstain from sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. So in order to or you have to keep the commandments like Christ taught. And keep me in observing Christmas is idolatry and an abomination. Christ never kept it, never taught anyone to keep it, and anyone who does that is going against the Bible, God, and Christ. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that out. Now, so what, what you're bringing out here, Kabar, is in response to the, the question, uh, how is uh, celebrating Christmas denying Christ? Right? Well, you were bringing out the point that this this person who wrote in or whatever comment you was reading said the story of Christmas is found in these chapters, and it's not there. What is found in those chapters is how Christ told us to observe and keep the commandments like he did, and that we are supposed to be seeking to seek perfection, meaning keeping the commandments better and better as time goes on, not becoming sinners and idolaters and transgressors by keeping abominable uh, uh, doctrines of devils in these holidays that was developed and kept from pagan religion and idolatrous practices like Christmas, which is chief among them. When you go into the history of Christmas, it developed out of a deep uh, uh, hatred of God in idolatry in which blood sacrifices, murders and killings was going on, and a lot of debauchery, and it was watered down and put into the Christian religion, quote-unquote, by the Roman Catholic Church. It had nothing ever to do with Christ or the Bible. That's just an historical fact. Okay. Now, what this this was referring to was calling this the Christmas the Christmas story, and it was referring to that time uh, just just prior to uh, Jesus's birth, uh, through his birth and into his young uh, childhood. Uh, you know, when he was uh, you know I guess two, three, four years old. That period of time uh, is what it's referring to that you find in uh, Matthew and Luke in chapters one and two, um, and they're calling that the Christmas story. Which is, which is not the Christmas story. It was given the, the accounts of Christ's birth. It doesn't even give you a date of Christ's birth. That's why you cannot try to tie it, which people try to do, like the Roman Catholic Church and those who observe this idolatrous date, try to tie it to the Bible and Christ, but it has absolutely no connection. Shalom. This is the brother Akwara'i with the Body of Christ Church. If you enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, then we invite you to continue your studies with us by attending our weekly Sabbath class. Our Sabbath classes are taught every Saturday afternoon beginning at 4.30 p.m. If you'd like directions, please call us at 877-871-1712. That number once again is 877-871-1712. Now back to today's show. Oh, 
My name is Hush Young from the Body of Christ Church in Waterbury. I would like to take this time to invite you or anyone you know that lives in or is planning to visit the Waterbury area of Connecticut. That's covering the areas of Waterbury, Middlebury, Prospect, and Walker. To tune into our show, Revelation of the Testament, airing every Saturday at 12 noon to 1 p.m. on Channel 13. In Christ, bless your understanding and increase the fruits of your righteousness. The brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our sex class held every Friday evening from 7:30 p.m. until 9:30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m., location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. Okay, we are back, and we are discussing uh, Christmas and whether you should um, uh, have your children teach Christmas to your children. Um, and before we uh, went to the uh, the break, uh, we were discussing an article about um, how Christmas has been around since 400 A.D., and the Christmas story is found in Matthew and Luke. And, uh, Kabar, you had uh, refuted all of that, you know, not the 400 A.D. part, but the fact that the Christmas story is found in Matthew and Luke. You say that that's simply uh, an account of the birth and uh, the young childhood of Jesus. Uh, it has nothing to do with the Christmas story. That being the case, and taking account that roughly one-third of the population of the entire world observes Christmas, where in the world did Christmas come from? I tell you this, if I could, it didn't come Absolutely. from the scriptures because you got Muslims that don't even believe in Christ following Christmas. You got different Buddhists and everything else is all dealing with something that's not in the scriptures. And what's in the scriptures is the word of the heavenly Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, it did not come from the heavenly Father. So, if it didn't come from the heavenly Father, it came from man. And then, where if it comes from man, it's of corruption. It's not of the heavenly Father. And, well, and well, just well, one wait, a minute, wait a minute. Are you, are, you, are you suggesting that any observance that men come up with is is corrupt? Yeah, man is so, corrupt. Since, since, so, since Adam, so, uh, man has if, been corrupt. So if I were to start a business in, say, March, the 1st of March, and then uh, if the business was successful and the business was, you know, uh, giving my family plenty and, and enough so that I had money to share with my friends and other people that had need and so forth, and every year, the 1st of March, we had an annual celebration for the business, that would be corrupt? Yeah. In the eyes of the Heavenly Father, the things that we've done – like the scripture says, all uh, fell short of the, um, the glory. All have sinned and fell short. So in the eyesight of the Heavenly Father, each man is corrupt. There's only one son of the Heavenly Father, and that's Christ. And that's the one that the Most High says for us to hear ye him. So any scenario we come up with, we are all sinners in the sight of the Heavenly Father. 
But the point we make it here that this Christmas um, invention is not of the Heavenly Father and is not for man to follow. It's, it's of the world. It's not of the Most High. You know what, Yosai? I, w- I want to go into a scripture uh, regarding that question as well. Because, okay. you know, like the brother John has brought out, the context that we're dealing with is, you know, concerning the question is dealing with the, the observing of these holidays and the things that the Heavenly Father gave us to observe and the things that he did not give us to observe. I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 12, and I'm going to start at verse 28. It says, Observing here all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. So this is when the uh, Israelites were coming, when we were coming out of the land of Egypt, and the Heavenly Father had given us the Ten Commandments at the hand of Moses, but not only those Ten Commandments, but many other commandments on how we're supposed to conduct ourselves, how a husband is supposed to deal with his wife and his family and children, how the brothers and sisters of our nation were supposed to deal with each other, and most importantly, how we were supposed to worship him. Okay? I want to read verse 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land, talking about the land of Jerusalem, prior to that which was called the land of, uh, it was the land of Canaan, where the Canaanites were dwelling. Verse 30, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them. After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? Even so, I, so, even so will I do likewise. But the Lord already told us, listen, I told you how to worship me. I told you what days I set up. I gave you specific instructions on how to follow those things. So whatever the other nations are doing, don't even concern yourself with that. Don't even inquire those things. Verse 31, thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fire to their gods. So the Lord just mentioned one of the uh, one of the abominable things that they were doing there, but he said basically all of those things that they were doing to honor their gods, first of all, I told you how to follow me. Those things that they were doing, don't worry about that. And furthermore, don't try to incorporate those things into worshiping me. So the Lord gave us specific instructions regarding that. Now with that, um, I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It said, one Lord, he's the only power. And he gave us his son, as far as repentance is concerned, on who we're supposed to follow to get back to him. Verse 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. But in regard to the topic of the show, this is the point in verse uh, verse 7. It says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So this is going to show you what we're supposed to be teaching our children. Okay, first and foremost, we as parents and adults and as individuals have a responsibility to the Heavenly Father and Christ and ourselves to follow and observe these things. And a person that's responsible for those children in a household, we have the responsibility and the duty to teach those things and uphold them in the house. Yeah. And also, if I could add this, um, Josiah, mm-hmm. um, back to the point, should we keep this day as the birthday of Christ? Um, 
when one man said that the first chapter in Matthew and Luke is dealing with his um, showing us that this is the, the birth that's birth and everything, that is with um, December 25th, it doesn't add up when you read the doctrines of uh, the words of Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 20, it says this. These are the, let me see, Matthew chapter 16 verse 20, and it reads, Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. So there's many passages in this verse when Christ went and healed people, and he told them, tell no man that I did this. Tell no man that I'm the Messiah. Tell no man because what? He was not big up in himself. His thing was to do the works of the Father and to show the people how to serve and worship the Heavenly Father without sin, not to worship them. He made himself of what? No reputation over and over and over again. Because many of times our, the, the elders of our people came to him, but tell us if you're the Messiah. He was like, what? Thou sayest. He, he, he told him, listen, I'm going to tell you. And then he went into the states he wanted them to learn. So you never find in the scriptures where Christ bigged up himself and wanted the people to worship him. But guess what? The Heavenly Father saw it meet that men to do those things, like when he went into Jerusalem. And that's why the Heavenly Father gave him a name above all names, that he is the son of David. He is the Messiah. But when Christ was on this earth, he never said, look, bow down and do to follow me. I'm I'm the man. I'm the one. Keep my birthday. Keep the things I eat. Walk how I walk. But he told us spiritually to do the things he did. Okay. Now, brothers, with everything that you're bringing out, I mean, uh, I mean you, you're demonstrating how not only should you not be involved with Christmas, but anything else is not written in the scriptures someplace. Um, you shouldn't be observing these things. And I, I mean, with maybe a few exceptions, because I, 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 would, I would assume that there's nobody's anniversary, uh, wedding anniversary that's written in the scriptures, but I, I don't see anything wrong. Uh, do you brother see anything wrong with observing your wedding anniversary? No, wedding that, anniversary, yes. that's, that's completely, that's, that's different. Because what, right. what we're dealing with here in, in keeping things in the context are those days that are observed and are allegedly, quote-unquote, have a religious context or a religious connotation associated with them. Um, okay. So, so now, with, with, with that being established, that fact being established, all right, how is it, you, you, we're talking about a third of the population in the world, how is it that, you know, they, people have Bibles, and they can read this Bible the same way you just finished reading about you in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12. How is it then that they're coming up with Christmas? Well, it basically you know, goes back to... Uh, go ahead, Kabar. You go back into... Um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of... Well, the static has just went away, but... Uh, you go into Prism of Solomon after... Uh, 14 of verse 12, because you're talking about how, how does the world get in this condition? Why do so many people observe this? You know, how, how can so many people be wrong? Who, you know, what's going on? Solomon chapter uh, 14 of verse 12 tells us, For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication, and the invention of them the corruption of life. Okay? As men begin, because when God made man, he, he gave his law, statutes, and commandments. They was in the earth. And man decided to go off and lean on his own understanding, like the scriptures tell us not to do in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. When Adam 
went and leaned on his own understanding, he committed that sin, that set in motion a bunch of uh, negative circumstances that followed thereafter. And as each individual man leaned on their own understanding and committed sins and broke God's laws, that's when you have all of this corruption, confusion, uh, doctors and devils begin to pour out and begin to fill the earth with utter madness. That's why God destroyed it with the flood. And begin to repopulate through the line of Noah, and then you got the same situation coming along again with the leaning of men leaning on their own understanding. And as men lean on their own understanding, they begin to create idols. The idol is themselves worshiping and, and obeying the, the lust of their own mind or creating objects to worship is for spiritual fornication and the corruption of life because we are supposed to be serving and worshiping God. And when we do anything outside of that from worshiping God or keeping his commandments, that is idolatry. That is spiritual fornication. So to jump down to that same chapter with the Messiah 14, worshiping of idols not to be named meaning we're not supposed to be seeking these things out. It says what is the beginning, the cause, and the end of all evil. So that's the origin of where all of this madness comes from. It comes from the pride of men's minds. It comes from leaning on our own understanding. It comes from devising idols out of our own imaginations, whether that's worshiping ourselves or something else other than the Heavenly Father. And as that begins to spread and as that example is set and as people begin to follow that example, that's how you have the worldwide confusion that you have. And there's nothing strange because when we read in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, it tells you. 1 John chapter chapter 5 and verse 19 tells you, but we know that we are of God, that the whole world lieth wickedness. Right. It's only those descriptions called the remnant or those select few who begin to what? Follow Christ and keep God's commandments, both of those things that are actually the saints of the Lord. Every everyone else outside of that, they are under the what? The sway of the wicked one, the sway of Satan, they follow in the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air. That's why the whole world lies under wickedness. That's why you have a third of the entire planet serving this idolatrous, wicked holiday.
I mean, and that's, how many times is that written in the scriptures? Believe it on me as it is written. Well, all the time, from beginning to end. This Christ said, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. So if you can't find it in the Bible, if it ain't telling you December 21st, if it ain't telling you Christ said, worship me on this day, or make a holiday, or do this and that, if you can't find it written, where are you getting that from? So where where are they getting it from? Now we get into the crux of the matter. <laughs> I got a scripture right here. This is the book of Mark, chapter 7. Okay, because this is dealing specifically with the scribes and the Pharisees adding on to some of the, the uh, I guess you say the procedures pertaining to the Levitical priesthood. But it didn't just stop there because you have the, that by that same example, the things that go on concerning the, the Bible as well. Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to start at verse uh, 5. It says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the, to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied to you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So when you go back and read about when Isaiah was writing about that, Israel at that time, it wasn't just about them Washing hands and, and eating food and, and everything It was about Israel going into idolatry And breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father I'm going to read verse uh, 7 And this is the Lord Jesus Christ How be it in vain do they worship me Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men So for our people or anyone that wants to try to associate The birth of Christ with Christmas That is a tradition of man A commandment of man Verse uh, Verse 8 for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, dealing with them specifically as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. So it's going to show you that they introduced a whole bunch of other things that weren't part of the commandments. Verse 9, And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. So people, a lot of people understand the Logistics behind, you know, the origins of Christmas and what it came out of, and all these different things—the Yule log, the Virgin Mary—that all these things associated with Christmas. They understand that those. A lot of people really understand clearly that these are pagan, rooted in pagan traditions. But they said, "Full well, ye reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition." So it just goes back to the scripture that was read earlier. It's like when they told Jeremiah, "We ain't gonna do what the Lord said. We gonna do what we want to do." So it just boils down to people are going to choose to follow their own mind rather than choose to follow what the Lord has in the scriptures. That's where it comes from, and that's why you have it as rampant and as quote-unquote popular as you do today. So that, that just, to give, just to give that scripture in uh, John chapter 7 and verse 38 when it tells, when Christ told that he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So whatever whatever you're trying to establish, whatever you want to believe in, it has to be written actually in the Bible. It has to be something that Christ taught. And if you can't find it there, then you have to leave it alone because you're going to get sent in the wrong direction. Also, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20 tells you, to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in, in them. We know Christ is the living law. 
the, the embodiment of the law, and he is the he is the testimony of this entire Bible. So if you can't, if, if it's not according to the law, the testimony, the scripture saying, telling you that it is because there is no light in them. Meaning, if you if somebody's telling you something, or you're trying to follow something that you can't find written in the Bible, then it's then it's darkness, it's madness, it's of Satan. Okay, all right, brothers, we got um, about five minutes left. I'd like to just kind of go around and get a summation from each of you um, on this topic about uh, teaching uh, Christmas to your children. And you want to, if you don't mind, let me start with you. Okay, I'm here. Um, if I had a, a final say on it, keep in mind what um, David wrote in the Psalms, the 78th chapter, and um, I believe it's the fourth verse, if I can get it right quick. And it states, I'm sorry, get it. He said something very important here and, uh, in the Psalms that he wrote. The Psalms, the okay. 78th chapter, and I'm at verse 4. It says, in Psalm 74, we will not hide them from, um, I'm going to start at verse 2. It says, Psalm 72, I will open my mouth in its house. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Well, the problem, our fathers didn't tell us anything. We're coming and repenting back. But Psalm 74 sums it up. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. It reads on and on. But the point is that we have to what? Keep the doctrines, the testimonies of the Heavenly Father in Christ and learn that to the children, teach that to the children versus customs of men. Okay. And about yeah. you, what about you? Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Actually, let me uh, let me take that back. Ecclesiastes, the very last chapter in verse 12. Okay. It's Ecclesiastes 11 and 12. It says, And further by these, my son, be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So it just goes back to we have to learn what it says in the scriptures, apply the understanding of Christ in our lives, and that's how we repent. That's the example that we're supposed to lead following the example of Christ, and those are the things that we're supposed to teach our children. Okay. And uh, Kabar, and yourself? In Proverbs 22 and 6, it tells us to train up our children in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So in the end, what is actually going to be established in the kingdom of heaven when Christ comes to rule? Isaiah sixty six twenty three, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. There will be no Christmas, no Easter, no pagan holidays. There is only going to be the commandments of God under Christ ruling and ruling the entire planet. Okay, all right. Well, um, brothers, I tell you, uh, this has been a uh, I think for a lot of folks it's going to be a very enlightening program, um, especially when it pertains to your children because, you know, you always talk about 
uh, the children being the future. That's the way the song goes, the children are the future. So it's really important to make sure that they talk the right things. And um, uh, thank you, brothers, for uh, bringing those things out. Also appreciate the participation of all those people who are in the chat room and those people who are listening in right now and also those people that might check us out on in the archives. But most of all, all praises, thanks, gratitude goes out to the Most High in the name of his Son, Christ. Until next time, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you all. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.